0: yes and uh welcome back to uh a long overdue edition of uh rooster and the villain uh with our good friend jake the seagull jake how's it going bud it's good happy halloween um we've already got our
1: our trick-or-treaters are coming through uh my wife likes to hang out or hand out full-size candy bars and then she also has the uh through the animal services the treat a pet they send you like a a sheet with like adoptable animals on it. You cut them out and you tape it to the candy. Oh, nice. So yeah, very adopt, cool. adopt, don't shop, go visit your local animal services, find
0: a new friend. 100%. Look at you guys handing out candy and doing good things at the same time. Very yeah. cool. Oh, um, <laughs> so I am,
1: I am going to have to be periodically muting my mic. Uh whenever you talk,
0: I will be muting it. Uh, my dogs are going absolutely insane oh man yeah that we you know that was like right on cue we just got like trick-or-treaters are coming through this is what we're doing with animals oh you you only have a few animals in the house eh? yeah
1: we got four four dogs and all of them are lunatics
0: so (laughs) yeah that's that's fine we'll leave leave all that in because it's uh it's perfect timing (laughs) um but we do uh from a uh from a football perspective, we do have quite a bit of things to catch up on and spend a couple of weeks. Um, so I don't know if you, if you want to start, um, let's do a little, uh, um, you can spend as much time on any game you want to and give us like a little state of the union. Cause you know, there's obviously lots of stuff that happened, injuries form. Um, tell us, tell us where we at with, uh, with Brighton. Um,
1: so actually I wanted to, to clear things up. Um, uh- I haven't been on, um, I missed the last recording, uh, and I, I just wanted Mike to be here so that I could let him know that I resent the name of the title of the podcast. I was not afraid. I am unfortunately a fan of the most offensively inept USL championship club that there is. I had to go watch a zero zero tie, like a monkey trying to have sex with a football, just awful, awful football. Um, so thank you for sticking up for me, uh, in the first part of the podcast. I appreciate that. You called, you said that where I was going, um, I had like a whole spiel done, but it's been so long that it doesn't really make sense. The other thing I was going to touch on is how do you crush us six one and then immediately draw with wolves who we absolutely torched. As we said, as I said in the group chat, football math is never going to make sense. But um, so since since I've been bad or since I've been off, we've drawn 2-2 with Liverpool, lost 2-1 to Man City, um, had a, uh, a 2-2 draw with Marseille in the Europa League. Um, this past week, we beat Ajax 2-0 and drew 1-1 with Fulham. Um, the injury bug is starting to catch on pretty heavy. At Brighton, um, probably one of our, I would say, top three, top four players at the club. Solly March, um, I believe it was a a torn meniscus, if I'm not mistaken. Something knee-related, he non-contact injury, which seems to be the more scarier of the injuries. Um, but he was playing left-back because we have no left-back. Um, obviously, Estupion, one of the best Premier League players. Uh, He went down. He's been out for maybe a month now. Uh, Tyreek Lamptey started filling in and performed admirably, and uh, he picked up his usual knock. So now we went down to Solly. And in this last game, um, DeZerby was forced to kind of get creative and play sort of a a three-man back of Webster, Dunk, and Igor, sort of like a 3-2, 4-1 um, gross almost looked like he was playing right back and then would just kind of move all over the field. Um, but other than that, I think guys are starting to get healthy. I believe a close to return. Lamptey, I think is close to return. Solid March, obviously done for the rest of the season. But, um, the Ajax game was obviously the one I'd much rather talk about. Um, that was just Brighton ball, uh, to the max held on to the ball, strangled him, and finished him off. I actually had a, a bet in Vegas for 3-1, but um, I guess the the shutout's even better. Um, the Fulham match, uh, a lot more frustrating because it's just more of the the same thing that's been plaguing us throughout the Premier League season. Um, the, the goals against the run of play, uh, it's just ridiculous. Uh, 71% of the ball for Brighton. Uh, 1.43 to 0. 0.71 XG, 18 total shots to 10, four big chances to zero, uh, 746 passes uh, at a 91% clip to 261 at a 79% clip. Um, Just the, the allowing these teams to to hit us on the counter, the deserve, he's got to do something to figure that out. Um, and then as far as the most frustrating part of the game, I, I don't know if you saw the replay. Um, Paul, Paulina for Fulham, who is a fantastic player, um, just came across the field and hit Gross with a just a forearm strike, essentially, to the chin. And I, when I first saw it, I was kind of pissed at Gross, like, you know, get up, like, don't. Don't flop like that. That's just corny. Don't do that. I, I, I hate it. Even when my players do it, but uh, watching the replay, he he freaking nails him and puts him to the turf. And then that was the guy who ended up scoring uh, a really nice goal. But I I don't believe he should have been on the field. But um, the abilities there, the strat, the tactics are there, the talents there. It's just little things that are just going to keep screwing us in the long run. So
0: I know him being, um, you know, the, the tactical coach he is, Um, you guys have, you know, uh, kind of similar to the situation we are, right? Like you have lots of games going on right now, you know, Thursday and Sundays um, cup competitions starting to stack up. Um, You kind of mentioned, you know, the injury stuff. I know you guys are struggling on the back end. Talk to me a little bit about some of the decisions that you're seeing, with guys who are starting versus guys who aren't um, guys that are getting consistent time and getting consistent form, which they aren't like at UC. Um, I know you've sung praises for players like Baleba who's come in and basically taken Billy Gilmore's spot there in, in central midfield. Um, but that's interesting just because Gilmore, you know, didn't look bad. Um, I'm not sure why he's lost completely lost time. Um, Ferguson's been in and out. Um, we all know his potential. He's young. But he seems like you know somebody you'd want to see more and more. That's nothing against Walbeck; he's still a consummate professional. Um, but even or even you know Joao Pedro in some of that space too, where he offers something different. But again, another guy with lots of experience, kind of in a, in the peak form rate, uh, or peak uh, of his career as far as athleticism. Uh, even even uh, An- Fatih, who who is a fantastic player if he starts he only plays for like 60 65 minutes or he's coming off the bench the last 30 so I, I know that was a lot of things but like i mean for you just you know talking about some of the consistency and form like if you could give me like like injuries aside on the defense right like your are uh, the the other six or other seven what or i'm sorry yeah five or six what's your, what's your midfield, what's your starters look like? And why do you think you're seeing so much fluctuation in, in minutes and, and guys in some of those positions? So when it comes, when it comes to Ferguson,
1: I don't understand that one. Like he's, he's under contract. I don't, I don't think he's going to leave until next summer. Like let's get a run out of him and increase his value. Um, he was the one who scored the goal in this, this past match, uh, Fantastic strike from him. Um, I don't understand that one. The Baleba thing. Um, De Zerby is is super high on him. He he's made comments that he thinks he could be one of the best Premier League players in a couple years. Um, I I would not start him over Billy Gilmore at this point. Um, I think he's kind of reckless when it comes to the offensive end, like a lot of just kind of ill advised shots. Um, but I think uh Roberto will shake that out of him.
0: Well that will, like before you go on, like just kinda get to that point. If you're talking about like Gilmore versus Baleba, obviously Gilmore on the ball, yeah. uh, his distribution is is far above Baleba's. I was gonna ask, is Baleba in that role though? Because he offers more cover? Like you're talking, like you mentioned, you guys were getting hit on the break. Is he is he helping to stop that? I guess is have you seen an impact on that end as far as uh, in transition, recovering the ball, um, uh, even pressing a little bit in some of those midfield spaces, stopping some of those breaks? Has he been has he made a positive enough difference defensively that outweighs not having Gilmore on the field? Honestly, I, I don't think so. Um
1: only like three three tackles attempted this last match. he won two of them, which I mean two out of three ain't bad, but I mean he's not really doing a lot. one clearance, uh, six recoveries and he got dribbled past three times. Um, honestly, I would I would bring him in. What I would like is Billy Gilmore paired up with uh, Pascal Gross in those those two deeper midfield roles. Is both those guys can cover for each other and both are tremendous passers like you you've seen some of the billy gilmore passes this year have been like laser beams like he he's a really really great uh deep playmaker um Zerby's a weird dude sometimes like i i understand the lineup is going to be constantly in flux with all the games but yeah like from what i've seen i i don't get me wrong belay was super talented and there's a lot of potential there but i just think billy gilmore gives us the better chance to win. Um Dahood uh and Lalana a uh, big shout out to them. Those are both guys who who Lalana through injury and Dahood for whatever reason they haven't been getting a lot of a lot of time, but every time Dahood is played, he he's put up a good game. Like I don't think he's had a bad performance yet that I've seen. Um, Lalana same thing. He sort of played in that that 10 roll and uh, he, he had a really, really good one. Um, Fati. Fati's on a pitch count, I think. And I don't know if that's more than likely Barcelona directed. Like, you know, we just got him for a year. Don't break it kind of thing. Um, and then guys like Buonanote. Like when inciso went down, I thought Buonanote would have gotten a lot more playing time. Um, he was the one that uh, Tevez was talking about him at Rosario Central as, you know, quote-unquote messy like Um, Pedro, uh, Europa League leading scorer right now. Um, Love that dude. I don't know if he's an out-and-out striker. He had a – was it this last game? Oh, no, no, no. It was the Manchester City match. He missed a sitter that just – it should have been, you know, we should have been back in the game. Um, I really, really like him. I like him as a second striker. Like, if you want to put him behind um, behind Ferguson, I would be completely okay with that. Um, and then him and Fati, the him and Fati combination has been really, really good as well. Pedro and Fati. Um, as far as everyone else, Milner, uh, he he had a rough one. At City. Um, I I don't know if I want him on the field at right back ever again. Was um, it was it
0: Doku that abused him? Yeah, Doku towards that's tours. That's, a, that's just a pace thing, right? Like, I mean yeah. I think he's smart enough, but he just it, like when he's gonna when he plays like a pacey player like that, like he would have been fine if he'd been matched up with like say like Grealish, right? Yeah. But like like for pace players, that's where I've seen him get abused the most is Is with uh with like a pacey player like Doku, so I can see why that could be um, a liability, I guess, in that sense.
1: I mean, it's yeah, it's like you're saying, like the the brain's still there, like he still has a good footballing mind. Like put him as a deeper, like a deeper midfielder, like defensive mid role. I think he could do good by just positioning or whatever. But yeah, he's if he has to go up and up against wingers week in and week out, he, he's gonna get crushed. I mean, he's what three years older than me, but I mean, in, in footballing terms, he's you know fucking ancient. So
2: for sure, for sure. What's up, fellas? How's it going? Mike's here. How's welcome, going? welcome. I'm uh, putting should... the sugar monsters to bed. My God, Halloween is. Uh, how did you get your kids to bed on time, Jimmy?
0: Uh, I, uh, I'm very uh straight to the point when it's time to go to bed. Mm -hmm. Also, like I'm a giant pussy, apparently. I I I take all the candy and I threaten them if they're not in bed in the next five minutes that I'm gonna sit there and make them watch me eat it.
2: Yeah, I mean, we went trick or treating with the cousins till uh, I don't know eight eight uh, thirty. Yeah, that's that's part of it though. Yeah. Yep. So. uh, Kids having fun. What have you guys been talking about here? You just, you so know, we just
0: we're we're going through a little state of the union. Uh, uh, you know, um, J- Jake wasn't with us uh last podcast, so just kind of catching up on everything that's been going on, injuries, uh, some of the Deserby's tactics, um, talking through some uh some of that sort of stuff. So Jake's had some pretty cool insight about about all that. So it's been it's been nice to catch up with uh with the seagulls, if you will, nice. um. So actually uh I think uh did you have any more any more thoughts you wanted to share you ready to transition um one thing uh and this will entertain you because I know
1: this guy was your boy um Evan Ferguson scored his tenth league goal of twenty twenty three like I guess like seasons combined or whatever mm-hmm. um making him the first teenager to hit double digits in the Premier League during a calendar year
0: since Wayne Rooney. Ah yes fucking Wayne are they uh they played that um on Sunday for um you know like the Premier League away days like little bits they do at halftime they did because uh, it was you know City United um what was it the 2011 game where he uh got up on on his horse hit that bike for the for the game winner against mm-hmm. City oh man that one's that one always gets me excited yeah I don't even give a shit about United anymore but that was that was a hell of a goal um I just but yeah, we no, talk cool.
2: about that one. That's a uh, yeah, that was a hell of a goal. Bike into the top top right hand corner to win the game.
0: I, I think I've I think I've watched that goal probably a million times at this point, and it wasn't until like I was sitting there listening to him and like watched it again that I realized that that cross was deflected. <laughs> like it went off the defender's head and like uh, on the outside when uh, Nanny hit, it. and that's why he said he's like. He's like, that's why it was behind me. And he's like, I didn't think I was going to be able to get back to get enough, uh enough um, power on it. So here I am. I was just like, oh, shit. I, like, I, that
2: was brand new
0: to me. So when are, I see
2: Waza now, I feel like I could beat him in a 40 yard dash. Just a balding stout wow. man. I'm sure that's he's not still, true,
0: but he's I, still a football from the street. So he's going to throw an elbow into your nose and you're going to go down. He's going to beat you on that uh, 40 yards. So <laughs> the, uh, Mike, when it comes to Ferguson, just, uh,
1: just make sure that check clears this summer. Hundred, mm. hundred and twenty, I think.
2: Oh yeah, are we interested in him?
1: I, I believe so. I, I think honestly, that might be the spot for him.
2: Will you hate him like you hate everybody else that leaves Brighton?
1: No, he's he's done enough, and he hasn't been he hasn't been a dickhead about it. Oh, mm. like. Somebody who will will probably will probably hate on later because they oh, yeah. they, yeah, they had a fantastic a Chelsea weekend Chelsea
2: bashing session as usual. Yeah. Well. Who did they lose to again? They lost. Oh, they lost to nothing. Britain Yeah, Brentford. Oh, delightful. Delightful. And then they they get you all this weekend, I believe. Yeah, on Monday we play them after the weekend.
0: Yeah, you guys are on that fun Friday Friday Monday schedule. You guys in the uh, Carabao
2: Cup game still? No, you're both out of the Carabao Cup as well, right? Yeah,
0: we're both out. Uh, no, indeed. Right. Yeah, I lost to lost to Everton. Um, our last loss, actually, what uh, in all competitions? Our last loss was to Everton. Yeah,
2: let's and that was, Villa because you guys are fucking slaying it. What are you fifth in the table right now?
0: Uh, yeah, up to up to fifth um, with uh, Newcastle tying Wolves. Uh, We we just started about Wolves. Um, With Newcastle tying Wolves, that gives us a five-point cushion on Newcastle um, from sixth up to fifth. Um, The other realization I had, and I think we're technically tied with Newcastle, but if you look at the Premier League where it shows us as the top, uh, top top-scoring team in the Premier League, 26 goals through 10 matches. Um, Granted, know we've had – if you look at our schedule, and this is why – i am you know i'm glad that we're beating the teams that quote unquote we should be beating at this point um our two losses this season are against teams that are in the top six in the table newcastle you know obviously the one um being the season and then three nothing to liverpool um and that was pretty comprehensive um we have forest coming up this weekend um you know they're Struggling a little bit. I, I hope we can beat them. We were we had to leave the comfy uh confines of uh Villa Park and actually go down in uh Nottingham to play. Um but then after that we have coming up um
2: oops, AZ up. at home, AZ alkmaar in uh Europa Conference League who you uh, beat pretty handily as well.
0: Yes, yeah, we did we did beat them and that's uh that's good. I would um I, I feel good about where we're trending in Europe conference league. Um, you know, getting, getting the, the wins the last two, uh, you know, our, our not fringe players, but our, our rotation guys like Bailey and Telemans are, are both, you know, playing very well. Um, we're getting guys healthy again. Um, I think we're starting to fire on all cylinders. So I'm not worried about conference league, but I am interested in, you know, the matches coming up for us. Like, We have um, after Thanksgiving, we have Spurs and then we also have Arsenal and then we have City all within a matter of three weeks, Um, not even like two weeks. So that's going to be that's a real litmus test. You know, if we can if we can take, you know, five points out of those games, like I think that would be impressive. But um, those are the teams that if we're going to make a real push at staying at like five or uh Good Lord, willing higher. Like those are the the games that we're going to take points off of, um, and so that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm glad that we're taking the points while they're here. Um, you know, even beating some uh, good teams along the way, beating West Ham, beating uh, Brighton. You know, those are those are good wins. But you know, if we really want to push, we got to be able to beat Spurs, Arsenal, and City, or at least take points off them. So uh, it's been good. I'm I'm enjoying it. Watkins is. I mean, I, I'd be comfortable saying he's top three striker in the Premier League right now, um, just on form. Um, he's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Doug Louise, um and Kamara probably, you know two of the best center mids uh, on form in the league right now. Uh, Diaby is still playing really well. He uh, actually only scored his first Premier League goal. Um, he scored in other competitions, but first Premier League goal against uh, Lutton Town, but his form has been fantastic. You know, I think that there's lots of guys performing very, very well. Um, and so it's been good. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm riding a high right now, and I'm enjoying it. But I'm also, you know, uh, cautiously optimistic. We have some good games coming up. So I, um, at this point
2: in the season, would you rather take a top-four finish, uh, fall out of Europa Conference League, or win Europa Conference League, and end up in seventh? What would you rather do?
0: I'd take the trophy. I've delivered in Europa Conference League and finished seventh. Um, a that like that's a backdoor into Europa League, so we don't have to finish fifth or sixth to be in that. Um, because you know we automatically qualify by winning. That's how West Ham is sure. in. Um, so like that's that's a little bit of a backdoor, but like also just the, even without that, just get just have the the trophy, like the the silverware is is great. You know, I mean the say what you will about the Carabao Cup like I was a little disappointed that we lost that early like I know there's we have a huge heavy fixture list and probably helped us in that sense but I want to push for those trophies as much as possible I'm not sitting here saying that we're mounting a Premier League title push this year and that's okay but like you know my goal coming into the season was to push for silverware at some level and that's um you know I think Conference League is definitely one that we could push for and and you know after uh end of november early december when fa cup starts to pick up like i would very much like to see them push there too and if that means we you know drop into seventh or eighth in the premier league that's okay by me i'd rather get some trophies this year and and get that winning feeling get the taste of it and and then go again you know next year so that's that's kind of where i'm at
2: what about you jake what's the expectation on brighton right now i got a question for jimmy too i was uh so you getting ready to speak.
1: I was gonna say I got I got no idea. Like the like you'll you'll hear it when you listen back to this, um, talking about the Fulham match. I just th- this club can finish anywhere. Um, but I was gonna say I want I won an FA Cup really bad. I think that would be like the perfect trophy for clubs at our level to win an FA Cup would be perfect. But um Dougie Louise, um there's like certain guys like on on teams or whatever like because of you guys I've been watching your teams as well um throughout game weeks or whatever dougie Louise is a joy to watch like is that midfield maestro that that guy is fantastic just
0: awesome player <laughs> Oh yeah that we uh um no no uh, we we were talking about it it was the the intro um again we'll we'll go back to it uh um they are handing out Halloween candy. Jake being in El Paso, he's a couple hours behind uh, us, so they're still doing trick or treating. Yeah, uh, but also, you know, the shout out, you know, um, uh, they got the um, adopt a pet information, um, that they're also handing out with the Halloween candy, so they're also doing uh, a good cause there as, as well. And you, and every time the doorbell rings for trick or treaters, uh, it's a reminder how much they love their pets because you can hear all of them yeah. going wild. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm looking at your uh, results list, and you've won against West Ham, AZ Alkmaar, who's number one in Eredivisie, and Luton Town, eleven to uh, three. So you guys have been scoring a shit ton of goals, and yeah, it's just I, I've been enjoying watching Villa as much as I have been enjoying watching Spurs. And like Jake said, I've been watching his team as well on Brighton. It's it's weird to see them uh, struggling a little bit after starting the season so hot.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think that the the talents there, though, they'll figure it out. They're they're definitely been moving parts around, and you know, I, you'll when you listen back, like we went through um, all the team rotation stuff they've been doing. So there's there's lots of moving parts. I think Brighton's, you know, still on the ascendancy. Um, they have the talent there to 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 be part of that. But um, you know, we we've talked a lot about Villa and and Brighton. Um, how are you feeling? I mean, the 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 best start in Spurs history in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, after selling arguably the best player that they've ever
2: had, like
0: Premier League yeah,
2: wise, it's, it's, it's hitting- wild to think wild to think that they are uh, sitting on top of the table without a single loss on their on their record after you know after nine games. So it's it's beyond my wildest dreams, I would say, the where they're sitting right now
1: it's it's ridiculous like you guys you guys are fun to watch the uh i think it was like some australian commercial i saw or whatever it was like an australian video it was like uh like a united fan and a liverpool fan i think we're talking to each other and they're like you know um i just want to be more open i think i'm ang curious
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i mean uh I saw a tweet today that makes me a little bit nervous about how you know much they're perf- outperforming their XG. But then you think about a guy like Sonny, who last year kind of struggled a bit, but now he's taken on that that Harry Kane role and has been playing up top and is just so clinical when he gets the ball in front of the goal. And then you see Madison feeding the, him the ball all the time. So that duo alone has just been you know wreaking havoc, scoring goals. Um, obviously, there is some Cautious optimism here. We are sitting at the top of the table, but you have the White Walkers behind us. You have uh, Liverpool, who's been playing very well. Um, Arsenal, too, is sitting in second. So, you know, there's still a lot of games to play. And if you look at Tottenham's recent fixture list, you know, we've beaten – we just beat Palace uh, 2-1. We beat Fulham 2-0 and Lutontown 1-0. Before that, we beat Liverpool and then tied Arsenal. So we did have some good, you know, some good results against some good teams there. But you're also seeing, you know, I thought at times they they looked a little static against Crystal Palace. I thought they were a little bit lucky to get that own goal on the cross at first, but it did kind of open up the game a bit, and then Sonny was able to finish it off in the second half. But there was some struggles there. Uh, I think we were missing. You know, we've had uh, a couple players go down recently. Uh, Manor Solomon on the left wing. So you've seen Charleston kind of fill in, who's having, you know, by I think from uh, his Everton standards, a bad season again. But he's also, you know, I think he's a tough player. He's hold up play is good. I think he's sending some nice crosses in the box. But I think we're missing Brendan Johnson. Uh, I also like. Now we have uh, Benton Kerr came back, finally made an appearance. Brian Hill came back, so we are bolstering that bench a little bit. Uh, I thought pierre uh, Emile Hoybier has played well in some of Basuma's um, absences with his card situation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously I'm thrilled with where they're sitting. Uh, Romero and Mickey look like one of the best duos in the Premier League, arguably. And uh, I'm excited to see us play against Chelsea. I'm a little bit nervous about that game. He's had Poach coming back. But with the way Chelsea's been playing, you obviously expect three points out of that game. So they win again, you know, could we? That's kind of the, the meme going on on Tottenham Hotspur X world and uh, Instagram world. So I'm in the could we train right now myself. I uh, I do
0: like... Quite literally, needs to. Hats off, hat tip to uh, Vicario as well. I think he's leading oh, the. Yeah. I think he's leading the Premier League with uh, shutouts, if I am not mistaken. Um, what I mean, what a signing! He's been yeah. absolutely fantastic for you guys as well. I mean, single handedly
2: won the game against Palace. Really, he had a couple of strong arm saves that were just absurd. That you know they would have tied or lost that game had he not been in goal. Had had Hugo been back there
1: man um the uh people people keep saying i keep seeing like how you're talking about the xg people keep saying like tottenham is like do but i i don't know like i'm i i'm rooting for you guys a little bit it'd be as i said in the group chat uh the the memes will be incredible if you guys win the league in yeah I mean, especially if
2: harry gets third in the bundesliga right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of speaking of him, do you see his goal? Of course, yeah, I did. Wow. I'm still Harry. I have actually been catching some Bayern games cuz I'm still kind of a I still love Harry. And I usually have that Harry Kane anytime goal going on my betting apps. But <laughs> I got a story for you guys in my rant about the uh the betting apps that I'll that I'll tell later, but I don't want to get too deep into it now.
0: Let, let's uh let's transition now then. Let's uh um we're bringing back uh um uh, a Jake special segment, uh, top five list, top five players. Uh, Jake, um, I'll let you start this week. But uh, what positions? Uh, position are we talking about? So this week's top five. Uh, maybe we'll get
1: imaging one day. Uh, make <laughs> make might do even more work. Um,
2: yeah. I didn't actually do any research on this one at all with the trick or treating and all, so I'm gonna make it up as we go. It's Josie, be Al- entertaining. Josie Altador incoming. No, it's going to be uh yeah yeah. Pedro <laughs> Poro out wide. It's just wide players, right?
1: Yeah, so it's it's uh either wingers or wide midfielders so you could take into account when everybody used to play 442. So uh I'll start us off um my two OLIs are both players who um probably should have had more impactful careers than they did um but for one reason or another uh, things just slowed down, um, is Gareth Bale and Neymar. I think in at their peak are two of the best players I've ever seen play the game. Um, I think Bale just really, really liked golf, and uh, Neymar <laughs> just can't stop getting hurt. So those are my two OLLIs.
0: I'll, uh, I'll help Mike buy some more time here as he's, uh, frantically scrambling, scrambling. to write yeah. down, write yeah. down. The the, five the first, yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, no, my, uh, uh my, uh, I'll, I'll give both, but my first, uh, OLI, um, a guy who has been doing it a long time, a guy that I have a lot of respect for Like he was, uh, incredible, uh, at his peak. Still out there doing it now, not nearly as physically dominant, but uh the man who stayed, Marco Royce, um, you know, didn't join the rest of his uh Dortmund brethren uh from the um Klopp years and in, in either moving on or going to to Bayern um club captain, I think, for the last five or six years now. Um, you know, it uh, in his in his day, uh, an incredible, incredible player, part of the the Germany team that won the world cup in, in Brazil. Um, But fantastic player and my other OLI and this one might get some eyeballs, but um, is Killian Mbappe. And the the reason being is, you know, as dominant as he's been at PSG and two and two absolute fantastic world cups, Uh, PSG just hasn't, I mean, I don't give them a lot of respect for dominating the French league because, you know, it's still the French League. And when it comes time for PSG to do the only thing they're built to do, and that's win in the Champions League, we just never get it done. So um, he's still very, very young, very, very good, though. He is still going to be uh, my OLI uh, number two.
2: I'm going to go ahead and uh, give an OLI of Kulisevsky just because when he came on, you know, he's super young, came from Juventus. I've said it before on the podcast, him and Benton Came on and changed that team under Tottenham. We're able to make a Champions League run. I think he's a little out of form this year, although I still think he's very dangerous on the ball, whipping in dangerous crosses with his left foot. He's faster than he looks. I feel like he looks uh, like he's bumbling around there a bit, but then when he gets in the open field, he's got some speed, but wouldn't put him in my top five. But right now, definitely OLI. All
1: right. uh, My number five, we're going to go... Uh, not just old, but very old. Um, and I'll probably butcher this as well. Garincha, uh, part of the, the sixties Brazilian dynasty. Um, I can't remember if it was a 30 for 30 or where I saw a movie about him, but his, his life story is fascinating. Uh, life absolutely wrecked by alcohol abuse. But, um, there was people in this documentary on that Brazilian team saying that, um, Pele was second in talent to Garincha like he was that good uh, people described him as the best dribbler of all time Um, you can still go back and look at some of the footage from those World Cups the guy was incredible Um, off the dribble um, with that dribbling ability he was able to make crosses and um, as usual uh, the Brazilian flair guy was like from what I've seen in the old clips the dude was incredible.
0: No, it's a, it's a great shout. Um, number five for me, uh, one of my favorite players to watch. Um, uh, in my personal record book, the greatest one footed player in the history of, of football. Um, it didn't matter that he only had one foot, he was always going to beat you with it. It was Ariane Robin. Um, I, like, it was so wild to watch like and like you talk about now like i mean you guys all play right where you you know what dominant foot like what the what a player wants to play on and and largely like all right i'm just gonna take that away Th- i mean this guy played top level for for forever and really was only left footed and they still couldn't stop it and you know uh some of those dutch teams yeah like uh, uh i'm sure um uh, Mexican fans uh, would not like him for uh for the World Cup. <laughs> um that having been said, it just I mean Bayern Munich and um, and all the club success. And then obviously I, I love the Netherlands. Um love Orange uh Iron Robin for me was uh number five.
2: I'm gonna uh, stick with the international theme here and I'm gonna go Pulisic at number five. Um, you know at definitely a usmnt homer for me but i have been enjoying watching him do well at ac milan he had another assist on the weekend i've been enjoying the milan games uh he's been playing out right a lot which a lot of people at chelsea complained about um better on the left i think when he cuts cuts in is able to take a shot on the right uh he's just a better player in general but i think he's taken a step up in his game i think he's Got a lot more shots from outside the box, a couple of goals, which you didn't really see at Chelsea. And of course, uh, I you know, you can say what you want about him. But on the USMNT, he's one of the most dominant young players that's ever ever put on the uh, the red, white and blue. So Pulisic's definitely on my list. So uh, Alfonso Davies is number four for you. There's there's levels here. I'm just does kidding. he count out wide.
0: Are we doing out wide up front? If, if you know what, it, like he does play left back for Byron but he does play winger for for Canada. So yeah. it just depends on how you want to classify it. But I think of him as a left back. It's fair, totally fair.
1: And I've I've grown more fonder of N R A Mar since he's gone to uh. Uh, since he's gone to Milan. It's been fun to watch him. Um, my number four is once the most beloved man in Barcelona and then the most hated Luis Figo, uh, absolutely incredible player. Um, if you want to see what, uh, hate looks like in a sporting act, uh, in a sporting aspect, uh, watch his first game going back to Barcelona to play a match after the transfer. He was, if I'm not mistaken, the original Galactico, um, Mm -hmm. Uh, what was his name? Perez or excuse me, Perez. He uh, he. that was his main target and he got him and Barcelona never forgave him. There was a pig's head thrown onto the field uh, <laughs> bottles of piss and throw up uh, flames outside of the stadium. It was in, it was absolutely insane. And the man played through it. Like I said, one of the first Galacticos, if not the first, uh, just an amazing, amazing, amazing player.
0: Uh, it's a great shot as well uh number four for me he's already been mentioned um but uh, uh an original podcast personal favorite uh gareth bale the galloping horse um it, at his at his peak uh, i mean so good those those early real madrid years uh with ronaldo as good as you know um ronaldo was uh bale really put that team over the top and gave them a whole like whole nother aspect and then even those tottenham teams he carried them through some really beautiful early day stuff with with tottenham so um physically at his peak maybe one of the most incredible physical specimens i've seen play the game it's just unbelievable uh outside of loving golf i i also think his body just gave up um and he was probably just okay with that and I'm happy that he's uh, happily enjoying retirement. He uh, he deserves all of it. Uh, it was uh um it was not intended, and I actually didn't remember that I had this in the closet. But since it's strictly audio medium, I'm wearing an LAFC hoodie today. You know, he retired uh, uh MLS champion with LAFC. So, but shout out to top him. Of his Here's game the in
2: the MLS, the yeah, latest. Top of, yeah, top of his game for sure. Yeah. Uh I have I have Bale too, so I don't need to say anything else other than I missed the glory years of Bale at Tottenham. One of the first games I remember watching when I became a soccer fan was that uh the uh Champions League final where he had the overhead kick top oh, of against the Liverpool.
0: Yeah. Against Liverpool. Yeah.
2: Amazing hit. Um then when he came back to Tottenham in the Covid year. Uh, he was not the same Gareth Bale, but he's still very fun to watch. Still fast, still a pacey winger, still scored a bunch of goals. So, uh, yeah, and I love him. He, I love watching his highlights, in the, in, especially in Tottenham jerseys. Love Gareth for Bale. Sure. For sure.
1: Oh, it's you or me? I'm yeah, sorry. No, it's you. Yeah, yeah. I know he, he also, right, no, he also I just, had Bale. I'm yeah. sorry. For the folks listening at home, I'm – I'm going through oh, it right now, I'm trying to keep right. these dogs. If they made control. it this
2: far, they can keep on. uh yeah, yeah. A, minute, a, a second of silence yeah. for their thoughts. Yeah.
1: So um, if you guys have listened, you know that I am obsessed still with the 2002 Brazilian team. Uh, number three for me, Ronaldinho. Um, the dude just looked like he was having fun when he played. Uh, the ball was glued to his foot. Joga bonito. Or whatever else you want to call it. The, the man was fantastic. Like, And then the stories of his his partying. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, he was like a wonder kid when, when he was at AC Milan. And it was the kid is sitting at the locker. Ronaldinho walks up with a penthouse, tosses it to him, and says, you can go over there and pray with Kaka, or you can come party with us. And then he ruined that kid's fucking
2: career. So, <laughs> Oh I don't um, need influences like that in my life either. I think I would have ruined my career had I had one. He <laughs> was he had
1: one to ruin. He was sent away from Barcelona to protect Messi from him because Messi absolutely loved the dude. So to keep Messi safe, that was one of the reasons he transferred out. But everywhere he's been, he's been a joy to watch. Um I just hope he doesn't try to go into uh Potter
0: Y uh with fake IDs anymore. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah.
2: Shadow Ronaldinho. yep. Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, number three for me. Um, this is part nostalgia, but also um, like I have one stat to throw along with it. Uh, number three for me is is Ryan Giggs. Uh, you know, uh, an original class in '92, played forever. Um, you know, from you know, I think he made his first appearance in '92-'93. Um, retired in the '11-'12. Seasons, so an incredibly, incredibly long career. Um, uh, The stat that I want to share is 162, and that's how many career Premier League assists he has. That which is far and away number one of all time. The second place um, is Cesc Fabregas, um, who also had a very successful Premier League career at 111. So, like, not with even, not even inside 50 assists. That's a wild stat of what gig says. Um, uh, The only active person that's up there right now is Kevin De Bruyne, who is uh, falling apart as we're sitting here and he's on the wrong side of 30 and he's sitting at one Oh two. So like it is a very safe uh, stat right now, but um, 162 assists. uh, I mean, really embodies what United did to the premier league for the first 20 years of its existence. just, um embody that dominance uh on the field uh clearly off the field he's had more than his fair share issues but if we're talking about what he did for for club and and um what he meant to football ryan giggs for me is uh number three uh winger of all
2: time Yeah. Yeah. You still got a lot of Manchester love in your heart. We all know it.
0: (laughs) It's uh I I mean, I I mentioned it like when I was texting with some uh I can't remember too many group threads, uh but like the Beckham documentary, like the um that the documentary really starts the ninety-six season and that was the first year that I started watching. That was like my first year club with my coach who was from Manchester, and like We traveled like almost every weekend. Like we stayed in hotels in Detroit and Chicago and and all those sort of places. And like we had team meetings. um, You know, in between, like we play on. Get there Saturday morning, play a game, stay the night at the hotel. We'd have a team meeting at night, and he'd put on like the highlight package of uh, of Manchester United, and that's where the love began. Um, But yeah, so like watching the Beckham documentary was nothing but pure nostalgia for me, for sure. Like those. Uh, when I when I want to think back about Manchester United, I think about Sir Alex Ferguson, I think about the class of '92 and Paul Scholes and Roy Keane and and those guys. Peter Schmeichel was the reason I played goalie. Like I loved that dude, and so uh, that part I love. Like the um, everything else, it, it's that whatever that Manchester existed is gone now. The Glazers killed it. Um, it's like the meme. It's it's dead already. Leave it alone, but they just keep killing it. So. Um, no love left for the current version, but those guys, Ryan Giggs, uh, those those old guys. Uh, I mean, I'll never let that go.
2: I hear you. I hear you. Watching them uh, flop around like dead fish is almost as satisfying as watching Chelsea do the same. But I will <laughs> uh, give my third now. I like. Uh, I'm going to put Miguel Almirón on my list. Mm. I was always God, fascinated hey. by him just because of the MLS connection. I was fascinated that. Atlanta bought him from uh, Paraguay, and then he was sold on to Newcastle. Uh, he struggled a lot at first, and you know when Eddie Howe came and the new regime came at Newcastle, it didn't look like he was going to get a get a look. And then he proved himself last year. I forget exactly how many goals he had; It was around nine or ten. But had a fantastic year. You see him on the team sheet every year, and I'm I'm always just weirdly rooting for Miguel Almirón, even though I shouldn't, because he's on Newcastle.
0: I will. I will say that he changed the trajectory of how the MLS business model was going to make itself right, like especially for not just expansion clubs like Atlanta United, but like just in general, the idea that you're going to go and find this South American talent and bring it in early and build it and turn it like and and spin it out for profit. I mean, he's been still the most successful in that sense, but like, I mean, uh, what? Uh, New York
2: yeah, Duran t- for uh, Villa,
0: you know, Duran, Columbia, Tati Castellanos yeah. for NYC uh, uh, FC. Uh, I, they tried it with Bremer um, at uh, a uh, FC Cincinnati trick or treat. Um, I mean, that's, but like, yeah, he, I, I agree. He, um, what he meant to the MLS and the way they modeled their business is Also like, there's a lot to be said for that as well. So uh, that's a great show.
2: Also in the early days of Atlanta United was an electric player. For oh, for Atlanta too, him yeah. and Joseph
0: Martinez uh, yeah. is a filthy combination for sure. Yep.
1: Um. So my number three uh, kind of fits in to oh no my yeah, my number two uh, fits in to what Jimmy was talking about uh, his his love of old United and um like when I think about soccer when I was a kid um it's the red Umbro kick uh, kits sharp sponsor or whatever the the predator boots from adidas that had come out david beckham um as as a kid uh as i started to pay more attention um obviously he was he was very popular you know handsome guy all this stuff and he had crossover potential to to bring the game to the u.s and he was what i saw that those united teams were what i saw And I always kind of wondered, you know, like as before I really understood the game is what is special about this guy. He doesn't score a lot of goals, but you, you watch him. And especially as I've um, gained more and more appreciation for the game, you look at what he did for that team. Just incredible. Um, He could play as an eight, but obviously he did his most damage as a, a wide midfielder from that right side. Um, and everyone talks about his free kicks, you know. Obviously, yeah. the bend it like Beckham and stuff, but the stuff he could do on the run, those crosses in, dropping balls just to anybody he wanted to. Uh, the dude is uh, somehow both overhyped off off the pitch and under uh, appreciated on it. Um, the he seems like a decent enough dude as well. Uh, this stuff with Ferguson aside, um, but. I, I just I, I still watch his YouTube clips to this day, his Manchester United clips, especially the the guy was incredible.
0: No, no I, that's a I like that one a lot. And before I go into my second guy, I I, I think I texted this to Mike and Brad when I was watching the Beckham documentary. Um, I I understand it more now as an adult, like with hindsight of knowledge, but like I don't have Beckham on my list, and I don't have like I love him, but I don't love him the same way I love those other guys and i think it's because at the time when it happened when he left to go to real madrid i didn't understand and Mm -hmm. it fucking hurt like and i didn't like it and i was you know I, i i was pissed at him i mean which isn't fair now in hindsight but um so i i still am getting past that but the the note that i said to mike and brad was david beckham was the precursor like the failed precursor for what happened 6 years later when my number 2 Cristiano Ronaldo left United to go to um to Real Madrid, right? Uh, Real Madrid thought they were getting the Galactico that was going to come in and and be all the stuff off the pitch um as far as sponsorships and advertisements go. Mm-hmm. Um a- as well as selling like, you know, he is going to be the guy who is going to be the face of of the team. Um which Ronaldo was far more successful in that sense. But I like, I fell in love with Ronaldo because it was right after that. Like I, I just watched Beckham leave and that hurt, but then I get to see a 17 year old come in and yeah, he's doing way too many step overs, but he's got, he's got swagger and like, And even though he's fucking up early, the guys, the, the, the old guys bring him in, they love him and they, you know, and they're successful. Like the, the biggest successes I saw was three straight premier league titles, you know, two champions league finals appearances, a champions league win. Um, all of that stuff happened, uh, with Ronaldo for me. And then obviously went on to be way more than that with real Madrid and everything else he accomplished, but, um, I mean, if we're uh, at some point, we'll do a top five list of players all time, and he'll like spoiler alert, he'll probably appear on that for me. But as far as wingers go, uh, attacking players outside, attacking players for me, number two is Cristiano Ronaldo.
2: Was Ronaldo at United always uh, a winger? Yeah, and then nope. at Madrid, he he moved up top. He, well, he played he played winger for
0: a long time with yeah. Madrid too. It was it was the at least I, I would. I'd put it this way, Mike. His move to striker was what prolonged his career in the same way, I think, what Sonny moving to striker is going to do for his career. And shout out to Sonny, by the way. He's not on my list, but he was he was a hard non-OLI just because he's had a very good, long, successful career with, with Tottenham too. But um, that's kind of what did it it's, it's, as he got older just to extend his career – you know uh capitalized on his goal scoring ability that's what moved him to more of a striker role um for ronaldo but he's he's almost always been a winger yeah i think juventus juventus especially because they played uh
1: at least when he first went there they were playing that midfield diamond with like the two strikers Mm -hmm. so yeah he moved he moved more essentially yeah he's i I dislike him for a multitude of reasons, but there there is no denying his talent the The dude is just a a terminator and he's one of those michael jordan kobe esque psychopathic mentality of just i I am going to win more trophies than you. I'm going to score more goals than you because I am better than you
2: mm-hmm. wish I could have a little bit of that. that'd be nice. <laughs>
0: All right, Mike, what, do you, what do you got for number two? Uh, number
2: two, I got I got Mo Salah on my list. All right, that's a good shout. Yeah. His, yeah. you know, when I started watching the league, he was Golden Boot winner, terrifying with his left foot, one of the most intricate dribblers I've ever seen under pressure in the attacking third of the opponent, and still to this day, I am terrified mm-hmm. anytime he gets the ball on the right side of the box near our goal. He's still terrifying. I'm sure he'll go to. Saudi Arabia next year but while he's in the Premier League I'll, I'll still enjoy watching him when he's not playing against Tottenham
1: another another criminally underappreciated player in my opinion like I think he he's got that uh like when Kobe wasn't winning MVPs because it was just oh you had another good season well you're Kobe Bryant it's like that same mentality like Salah is just going to continue to be good and I we're gotta just gonna, up these just,
2: he scored two goals one time in the same game where he dribbled by like four or five defenders. And I've never seen anyone score goals like these two. I got them. I'll, I'll pull them up and uh, send them in the group thread. I think I know what game
0: you're talking about. Uh, I, I, I always laugh when we talk weird. If nothing else, this pod should be like, fuck Chelsea. That's like our, <laughs> <game>. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, Sala and Kevin De Bruyne were on the books at the exact same time with Chelsea. Which is also just a lovely little piece of like you guys fucking suck at this. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah,
1: the the lone army. Um, yeah. So number one, uh, I think it's fairly obvious this this guy is the the greatest player of all time. Um, it's Leo Messi uh, winning his eighth Ballon d'Or. You know whether deserved or not uh, is pretty much just a lifetime achievement award. I think um, the dude has just been incredible um, from like a 17 year old super short kid to, you know, 30, what is he? Oh, that, man. Man. 36 year old. super I'm 36 doing it at five, six. Like he looks small compared to most players. And he's just like, we, we are lucky that we, we got to witness him. Uh, the dude is just incredible.
2: Yeah, the way yeah. the ball sticks to his feet is just—it it literally looks like it's attached to it. The way he dances through the, through the field.
0: Five-five-six is generous too. Uh, yeah, and uh, you mentioned Ballon d'Or. I'd, I'd forget. I did forget to shout out? Uh, um, I mean, Martinez winning the Yashin Award um, for goalkeeping best goalkeeper in the world—that's uh, pretty cool. Also, probably just you know a little touch of that mess, uh, messy magic from and you know he didn't have his best year of his career but like winning the world cup like that's probably what put it over the top for him this time around but well it wasn't it, inner it, miami it in miami so. it definitely wasn't <laughs> yeah. it wasn't it wasn't but, Will, it wasn't winning. saying MLS did it yeah it wasn't winning the league cool. that's for that's for sure yeah um, to um uh, to tap onto
1: that uh that uh I emmy mean. martinez thing um pretty much that entire world cup is owed to Neil Malpé. Like, literally. Malpé injured Arsenal's keeper. Martinez comes in. Martinez gets the spot. Wins the World Cup. Rest is history. The ultimate shit house. Neil Malpé.
0: Ashton Kutcher is uh, um, proud of that butterfly effect he just did there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, it, I, like I mean, that uh, yeah, it, 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 that was, that was a long walk for a joke. Sorry about that. Uh, no, 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 no surprises. Lionel Messi's number one for me. And I, you know, I, I just talked about Ronaldo being number two. Um, and you know, I think that's the crazy thing is Ronaldo is a psychopath and probably like physically and work ethic, one of the greatest players of all time. And he pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and had fantastic careers. He might not have been the same uh player without having to chase Messi. And Messi, it's not like he didn't work hard. It is like it was just, you know, blessed. The, the that left boot was blessed by soccer gods and like Ronaldo is talented but never as naturally talented. He's just a physical freak. Like if you were if you were molding in a lab what a uh prototypical um physical monster was going to look like for for soccer it looks like ronaldo and he's still you know even out of a lab he still couldn't um ultimately keep up with what Messi is he's and it took me a long time to admit that like i as a uh i was a, a ronaldo on field apologist i i'm putting that out there on field jake apologist um but yeah, it, it, he is, he's, is the greatest of all time. I, I was, I was happy for him when he got the world cup because he was so long. It was so unfair um, to be compared to Maradona and uh, in that country. And I'm, I'm happy for him, but easy. Number one um, greatest player I'll probably ever see.
2: Yeah. I'm going to uh, switch it up for my last one. Messi's obviously number one on everybody's list. But I'm going to go uh, Sun Hing Min. All right. For obvious reasons, he's uh, a freak of nature. Golden boot winner two years, of go- years ago. Watching him and Harry Kane for all those years link up and score all those assist gold um, you know, combinations for so long. And seeing how clinical he's become and how clinical he is. And watching him become captain of Tottenham. Stay at Tottenham when he... You know, I'm sure he has had no shortage of offers in his day. I feel like he could go to any top club in the world. I wouldn't be surprised if Real Madrid or Barcelona was knocking at his door at some point, but he chose to stay. He's captaining the side and he's going to lead Tottenham Hotspur to a league title this year. Fuck yeah. Let's go. Wow. Oh. As
0: a. Uh that, like I, I'm living in, I'm living in Detroit uh, or not in Detroit. I live in Michigan with a bunch of Detroit Lions fans who are just like, like nose deep in Kool-Aid. And even, even for them, they might blush at that, that level of, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm really, city,
2: cities, obviously the white walkers, I'm terrified of them. They'll win the league, but I'm going to enjoy it while it's here, baby. Give me an FA cup. Just like you guys. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, so uh, I um I think we're I think we're okay to run a little long just because it's been a, a minute um and I know J- uh, Jake's got one and Mike he teased one as well but um I told Jake I might chime in a little bit after his rant um but I'd like to just kind of sit back and it is rant time boys let's uh let's catch up on on the wide rule of soccer and and uh, what uh as Peter Griffin would say is really grinding your gears right now so I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Mike go first. Good. I got some. Gr- I got some gears to
1: grind. I got yes. some gears to grind. I think. I think mine. Mine is going to include you as well. Okay. Um, not. Not mad at you, but like you'll. You'll. I think you'll want to talk
2: about this. Okay, that sounds good. Well, first off, I'm going to say that I hate sports betting. It's the dumbest thing in the fucking world. <laughs> about a month ago, uh, I was in Atlantic City, and I had 116 dollars in my, my Benmo account that I transferred into FanDuel, and woke up 6 a.m., had been out till about 2, which is unusual for me. I'm an old man. And I placed $116 worth of bets in Atlantic City, hungover at 6 a.m. The next, by like Tuesday, I was down to about $30, and I was like, fuck sports betting, I hate it. Over the course of the month, hit some lucky bets. I got it up to about 140 a couple weeks ago. Back down to uh ninety eight dollars as of yesterday uh you know I was just working kind of bored saw Hammerby was up two nil in the eighty seventh minute against a team named Sirius this is a uh, Swedish first division soccer oh no two nil eighty I placed the bet in the eighty seventh minute all ninety eight dollars to win three to get myself back over a hundred dollars. Serious scores in the 92nd minute, 95th minute. I'm out of sports betting forever. Fuck <laughs> it, I hate it so much. What a bad beat. Minus 3,500 is what uh, it was, and I lost. You you can't you can't chase in the Swedish league, man. Oh my
0: god! I, I was, was gonna say you know? I, I was gonna say it's not like all, right, all you had me for this whole rant. Like yeah, sports betting is evil until you told me your midday or your midweek <laughs> betting on. <laughs> on Swedish league football. That, that's that's, not, though. It's that's a not that's not that's not betting's problem. That is that is that is
2: you. I mean yeah, I'm, that was, I'm not, you know I was pretty happy to make 116 dollars last a month and now I'm out for for a long while until my Venmo fills up with random cash again.
1: To to go back to go back to like the the Levitard show that Jimmy and I listened to uh the guy on there Stu gotz is always talking about staying up till midnight to chase uh college football with the the hawaii game and it's like man that sw- swedish first division might be a little bit below
2: that <laughs> you know i have one worse actually if you want to hear it so oh yeah i my i've been in the sports betting game now you know i think three years or so because jersey legalized it first and I'm down $216 over, I looked it up the other day, $216 over three years. So I'm like, ah, oh, whatever, that's fine. But I've crashed out twice wildly. This was one of them. The first time is even more embarrassing. I bet on second division women's soccer in oh, Germany. No. Oh, <laughs> I, had no. like, I had like 50 bucks left to my name, and I was like, fuck it. And I put it all on, and then I lost it all that way, so... <laughs> Don't take my advice in gambling uh, bets ever again, people. Not that you have this. This Malaysian men's volleyball is gonna gonna make me it's rich. It's live on the old uh, app here now. Hey, uh, while <laughs> yeah. we're while we're while with, with for well, a bit. Well, I'll say while we're well fresh with that, what's our what's our league parlay? Like uh, yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't Jake start his rant? I'll uh, I'll load it up for people. <laughs> All right. So. Um,
1: what I kind of wanted to talk about, it's not necessarily a rant because the, the more I looked into it, uh, the more I kind of mellowed out. It wasn't as as bad of a statement as I really thought it was. Um, but Josie Altador made a comment. I don't know uh, what media was on, but he said that the 2014 World Cup roster would beat today's World Cup roster, and I just wanted to kind of go through it. Um, from what I was looking at, the only guy, the only position that I think was stronger then was goalkeeper with Tim Howard and manager with Jurgen Klinsmann. Um they called Jurgen
2: Jurgen's a better coach than Greg.
1: Yes. Yes. You both believe that. They called they called Jurgen a heretic for suggesting that it would be better for his players to play in the best leagues in the world instead that. of the MLS. Um so looking at like striker, right? Josie, obviously U.S. legend, got respect for him. He was playing for Sunderland at the time. Uh Deuce was playing for Seattle at the time. Um and Chris uh Wondolowski, aka I really wanted to miss this shot. Um was playing for San Jose. Uh, I don't think any of those dudes are on the same level uh i mean obviously these guys have a long way to go to prove that but i think the talent level of our current striking core or forward core is much better um if you want to consider Gio, a forward in that attacking midfield role i think he's more talented than any of those dudes other than maybe clint um i think has potential to be the best ever um and, and then, then
0: Deuce, way up. Deuce Deuce is the only guy on the roster uh yeah. that or it would be on this roster from the guys you mentioned. Yeah. And then um
2: I do have a bone to pick a little bit with it though cuz I feel like we are talented now but we are kind of soft. Missed. I, I feel like that 2014 team had a little bit more of an edge to it. Those guys you just mentioned are all were all veterans though. Like they were like you're talking about shit right now. Yeah,
0: and that's the, that's that's the thing. Like but anyway, go on go on Jake, I mean, That's you, you've tipped the iceberg here. Jermaine Jermaine Jones in the midfield, he was the one who got
1: into that horrific fucking car accident, right? Was that him? No, Charlie Davies got Charlie right. Davies, oh, okay. Okay. yeah. All right.
2: Jermaine Jones did score a banger against Germany as I remember it though.
1: Did yeah. Tied
2: Germany 2-2 in 2014.
1: Jermaine Jones was playing for Besiktas at that time. Deandre Yedlin was on this squad. Um, He was still Seattle, about to be sold to Newcastle at the time, I believe. Yeah, he was Seattle. Um, Pod favorite John Brooks was playing for Hertha Berlin at the time. He was on the roster. A
2: scored that header against Algeria to win, right? No, it wasn't Algeria. Who'd they beat there? Another
1: whatever. An Aston Villa player and Brad Guzan. Yeah, Uh, DeMarcus Beasley, who was playing for Mexican side Puebla at the time. Um, Looking at these guys, I just, I don't know. Other than maybe Clint Dempsey and Tim Howard, John Brooks should be on the squad, in my opinion. But I don't see a lot of these guys on here that I, I think would be able to compete with the level of talent that we have right now. Like I said, if you can give us if we can go back in time and pull Tim Howard, Deuce, and Jurgen Klinsman and send the send uh triple G back. Well, no, because that would screw up the timeline. He'd make us even worse. But um cut cut triple G off onto like an ice sheet or something and send him out. Um but yeah, that, I just kind of wanted to weigh on that. I kind of got mad at first, like, yeah, you know, like fuck you, dude. Like, we're way better, but not like He's got a point. Like a lot of these guys were playing for European clubs. Um, obviously a lot of MLS in there, but uh I think for the most part, I think we're in much better shape talent wise, and then how our how our younger players are being trained. Um the uh
2: it would be nice to have a different coach than GGG just to see yeah what the deal is. We the, I,
0: I was say I'm gonna make one statement and then I'm gonna bow out because I have sworn off uh USMNT. I like, I just don't want to engage anymore. I don't okay. care. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it, but I will say this and it's not to be inflammatory. It is just the God's honest truth in my lifetime. In my lifetime, the worst starting national goal uh, goalkeeper of the US men's national team is Matt Turner. I don't care. I don't care what anyone wants to tell me. I can watch it with my eyes he is the worst. Yeah, he couldn't even he wouldn't make the 2014 team with a with was it uh was Friedel still part of that or is he retired at that point? it um, doesn't matter. The, yeah, it was Guzon, Ramondo, and Howard. Nobody, nobody's gonna be better than Howard. He's he's not gonna carry Howard's jackstrap, let alone <laughs> fucking beat him out for the fucking uh starting spot. Like Turner is the worst. He's the
2: I worst. saw a Nottingham Forest article today that they're calling for him to uh, get benched right now. Oh, he's, I to- he's looked I-
0: bad. He's looked bad. Yeah.
2: I told you when they
0: when they bought Vlachidimos, I was like, they don't actually fully believe in him. Like they like it's going to help them sell some jerseys and like blah blah blah. But like he is not a good, he's not a good goalkeeper, and like this is the weakest spot on the U.S. men's national team. I, I need it. I need it known. Like I, 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 I'm going to die on this hill. He is the worst USMNT goalkeeper in my lifetime. We need Slanina. yeah. Not, we you need. Got to start getting him spun up. I wanted. Yeah. I
1: wanted Stefan really bad because he's a Terp. Yeah, I really wanted him to do something, and he just looks there, like shit too.
0: There, there's got to be something else. There, there. At some point, I don't, I don't know when that story will come out, but there, something happened in his personal life or something that has like
2: caused Stephen's that. Got that a downside. bad knee, from what I understand, like a very, very injured knee that cannot get huh. better. Whatever but, um,
0: it is, like no one's ever given me like a clear definition of like his. I, I know he's at City, right? He was the backup, and he wasn't going to beat out Ederson. But it just like all of a sudden, like all right, now you're not part of the national team. Like it just it was. That was so. If if it isn't neat, like whatever, like it was just all it was qualifying so, cycle to play. So murky. Yeah, that's yep. what I'm saying. Like was, know, it wasn't because Turner was better. Fucking. Anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. To to finish up on that same note, um, we uh we beat Ghana four 0 um. And got outclassed by Germany three uh, one. We the the people came out with the I told you so's after the four zero defeat of Ghana. Um, we should be beating Ghana, and we should at least be looking better against Germany. Like it's not a measuring stick for us to keep beating up on these these smaller, less funded club or less funded national teams. Um, I'm going I to keep okay. Oh,
2: I think it's pretty clear that we're not going to win the 2026 World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Anywho, yeah. Uh, oh, my chest.
1: Now uh. we're 13 in. Um, but, yeah, like everybody calm down. Uh, I should probably calm down on the hating, um, but I'm not going to. I hate Greg. He's boring, and I don't like him. And we spent so much money. On this supposed coach search, and I, I'm I'm going to continue to harp on it until we get bounced in the group stage of our own World Cup. Um, he's he's embarrassing. God damn it!
2: He's he's an What's embarrassing up? coach, and he's not a good coach. <laughs> there you go, Jimmy. Final thoughts. Uh,
0: I, I, I had my my hatred um, for that. Yeah, I, I think the the thing that it drives me nuts about in in general about the way that his approach, it's not even triple G it's just the, the idea that you want to make it like club style. And that's not what international is for. If you like the reason Spain was so successful for those years, for the reason um, you see France so successful, like well, France is just incredibly loaded, but what they do is, is they're not trying to force, you know, square pegs into a round hole like they will coach up to whatever their best talent group is spain was able to do a system because their entire national team was playing in within that system you can't just be like all right we're gonna play this system in the u.s when you know not all these guys are playing that system at their club levels and you gotta coach them up it's not what you don't get that from international breaks you don't have time to do that you don't have time to formulate that you're not going to create a national style, not in this country where our whole soccer identity is built from the cultural melting pot of all these different people and influences and uh, a bunch of Johnny come lately's and wanting to make money and all that shit that goes into youth coaching. There is no national style. So stop forcing this shit and just look at the guys you have and, Create a system with the talent that's there that works to the best of those guys' abilities and stop bringing in guys that shouldn't be part of the team just because they, quote, unquote, fit the mold of whatever system you're trying to run. It's not a system-based style. It should be a best-for-your-talent style, and that's that's why he fails more than anything else. Diego Luna,
1: 2026. That kid's going to be a fucking star.
2: I was watching him in the uh, U21 World Cup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going he's gonna to win the to win. that goal against Portugal, not Germany. I had that wrong. Yeah. And the uh, pod parlay is going to be the Rooster villain, Siegel parlay. You got Villa over Forest, minus 115. Tottenham over Chelsea, easy money, plus 110. Brighton over Everton, easy money, plus 115. Five to win 37. Get it in right your sports losers <laughs> And Mike yeah. is Back He's <laughs> back